I'm just working the top of this champagne. It'll be totally fine. Just point it away from your yeah, face. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, we could still record without an eye, but I don't know. That's true. Here we go. We're celebrating tonight. We are. We're finally back in the studio. AKA <laughs> back in the studio. Elise's living room. And we're done with Emily in Paris. Yeah, so. that too. We have a lot Close to that. celebrate. Okay, ready? Oh gosh. <laughs> no, this is fine. This Chips is, is going to go crazy. This is totally fine. Oh yeah, that's true. Poor guy. Hold on. Wow, this is really in you there. Gotta wiggle. <laughs> gotta give. It, gotta wiggle. It. Yeah, I'm trying. Trying to wiggle. You have it covered with a towel, <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, when is it going to happen? I can't tell. It's not going to come up and smack me in the face. Has it moved? There's no. Would you like? <laughs> would you like all? me to try? <laughs> Damn. I've done it quite a few times without a towel. Look, I've done it without a towel too. It's just safer. This I understand. Is, this is really fucking in the, Yeah, fine. If you want to try it, go, go ahead. Oh, fuck. Woo! <laughs> Everything is going to shit. Everything is going super well. Okay, here we go. You have to twist it. And one. <laughs> oh! We didn't even get to count down. <laughs> the pressure was right at the top. Oh, here the fizz. Such a sense of satisfaction. It really is. Finishing this series. Cheers. Cheers. What's a French toast? <laughs> Besides French toast. Eh? We're just going to go with that. <laughs> to the French toast. <clears throat> so good. And it's so good to be back here in person. Because I feel like I it know. really has been. I think this is the longest we've gone. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. Probably. Like we've had week breaks here and there. But it's been. Yeah, no, like, this, this was a stretch. Physically. This was a long stretch. And hopefully never again. Yeah. You have to stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is on I you I should be saying that to you. Um, I have super immunity for the next 90 days, so. I would hope so. <laughs> so I'm good. I really hope so. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, can we raise a glass, though, to one of our favorite musicians that left us this week oh because i would do anything for love. thank you for yeah. belting that out thank you um and like a bat out of hell we lost r.i.p r.i.p meatloaf yeah so sad don and i did a sing-along one night just a little karaoke sesh and we definitely rocked out to Paradise by the Dashboard Lights and like belted them out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to. You have to. Like our life depended on it. And it was fantastic. And um, yep. Oh, so sad. So many good memories. Seriously. What a loss. What a loss. Yeah. And yeah, COVID's a dick. COVID is a dick. That's what we've learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had to get that in there because he's a staple in our lives, I feel like. Yes. And and I, I said to you when I heard the news, I had literally just been listening to I would do anything for love on my way home from work that night and I rocked it out as per usual. And it was just very disappointing waking up to that information. He did leave it open for memes. Um because <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, 
yeah, because he was anti-vax, so everybody's using oh. that song as I would do anything for love, but I but won't, I won't get vexed. Oh. Yeah. Wow, actually, uh, he went that's out pretty with great. a bang. <laughs> yeah. He really gave us some good content there. Um, oh, no. I know. It's like the joke. It's going to get old very soon. Actually, I don't think so. I think that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I think that has staying power. (laughs) Well, regardless, rest in peace, sir. Yes, indeed. Anyway, I guess uh, let's get started, shall We, we? We can get started. This is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch shows we love. And we tear the shit out of them because it's so fun. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And we're going to get into the last two episodes of season two of Emily in Paris. Can I tell you? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm just so excited. (laughs) I know you are. But can I tell you that watching these, I barely took notes because I was glued to the television because it had the suspense. (laughs) That, like, good shows have? Ooh, really? A little bit. I didn't take a lot of notes in the first episode because I was really bored. I guess the first one was up toward, but then towards the end, you're like, uh... Remind me, what was the end of episode nine? Oh, when Antoine's wife blows up the spot. Okay, okay, yeah. So I'll say my general overall impression of this was that none of this surprised me. Oh, as it got down to it, yes, I I agree. I was not surprised that Sylvie resigned. I was not surprised that it didn't work out again for Emily and Gabrielle. I was a little surprised that Gabrielle got back together with Camille because she made a pact and she broke it. And it was just, I don't know. Everything else to me was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense that's fine nothing here creatively stimulated my brain okay i will give you two points Ooh. well one point i can't even blame pms on this i cried <laughs> wait when when oh god guys i teared up a little i don't know if if you've listened to our prior episodes but you should because don cries at the most inappropriate times so just setting the scene for this please explain when you cried or teared up no i want you to guess had when emotions. i cried like as we're talking about the episodes i want you to kind of guess where i cried okay all right so we'll work through it and and i'll see where uh where it seems to hit a little close to home for you and i will say that i was a little like wow cliffhanger like this is actually a good cliffhanger yeah Okay, I'll allow for that. I mean, that as much as she, we hate watching this, I am like, okay, I kind of need season. But three you now. know, she's gonna stay in Paris. We don't know. There's two more seasons of Emily in Paris. I understand that, but <laughs> a lot happened that you found. Pre- like you said, you found it predictable. I didn't because I feel like the moment all of this happened, my first thought was, oh my god, she can stay. And work this out with Alfie. <laughs> well. I got very, no, I got very annoyed when she ends up talking to Mindy and is like, well, I'm here now. And it's like going back to Gab- Gabriel. And it's like, Gabrielle. And I'm sorry, Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel Mulligan. No. <laughs> God, we'll always go back to that, will we? So that bothered the fuck out of me because I was just kind of like, you just made a very nice, you had a very nice discussion and. Alfie just real like he questioned both of you, got the same Oof. answers out of both of you. Oof. It was tough because you could tell just by looking at them, like 
it, there was more to it, but the fact that they yeah. both gave him the same answer, I was like, oh, I feel a little better. And the fact that he stayed for her and that was something that I felt like, this guy's legit, dude. I got real pissed off about that because, I mean, I mentioned this in the last episode as well. I felt like she should have been upfront with Alfie about her history with Gabrielle and that it was it was a disservice to him to not be, especially since it was so recent. You know, I guess I could understand if like whatever had happened between her and Gabrielle had happened a long time ago and, you know, it really did mean nothing, then it may not have occurred to her to mention to him. But since it was so fresh and she still clearly has feelings for Gabrielle, she should have said something to Alfie. Why are you holding up your finger at me? But. But what? She is respecting the fucking pact that Camille made. But she... <laughs> so with that... No. Okay, no, wait, 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 wait. How dare you? With that... And I'm going to fight this man. Okay, good, apparently. She's going to sit there. They made their pact. It is what it is. She has Alfie now. Why at that point it's like the past is the past. He asked the question. She gave him an answer. Timeline-wise, who gives a fuck? She said what she had to say. She spoke the truth. It was something. It was nothing. It was whatever. They both gave the same answer. They're both technically friends now, which is true. It is what it is. She can't go any further because she is doing what she said she was going to do. Except she's not. (laughs) Well, technically, Camille is to fucking blame first. Yeah, that's true. I I will say Camille is violating the pact before Emily, which I find interesting and wonder if we're going to get anything on that from Emily. And thank God for fucking earpods. Yeah, seriously. At this point, Emily now has a reason to be upset with Camille because, you know, they made this pact. But then that proves that she had her feelings were way deeper than what she claimed. Who? Who's she? Emily. Emily's, in terms of speaking with Camille, she is now admitting, basically without admitting, that her feelings for Gabrielle were way worse than what she initially said before the pact came into place. Yeah, I mean, well, we know that. We know that, but (laughs) Camille doesn't. Yeah, well, she w- she won't know it because right. But box. like you said, like if anything comes of this, and Emily then confronts her and says we had a pact, her making a big deal out of it is just going to prove. Well, I think I would do it. I would bring that up. I don't care if it exposes me because at that same token, you know, I have been keeping myself from being with Gabrielle. Like, I have been holding myself back, and meanwhile, you have been pursuing him the whole time. So, who's the liar now? I would have just stayed with Elsie. Okay, yes. So, let's just go back, because before you so rudely interrupted me with your finger, <gasps> I was trying to make I would say point. that's not rude, because I would have just <laughs> talked over you if that was the case. No, I. you know me. I. It's the little gestures over there, the, the dissent that I don't like. <laughs> I'll just clear my throat next time. So I think that Alvi shouldn't have had to ask her if there was something going on between her and Gabrielle. That's my point here. And it's kind of a moot point because she didn't come clean about it and he did have to ask about it. And when he did, she did admit that something had gone on. But even though even in that moment on the rooftop, she's like looking over Alfie's shoulder 
at Gabrielle and like wistfully being like, uh, but I do have feelings for him in her mind. And then to Alfie, she's like, no, I'm committed to you. And it's just none of this registers in her head of being a problem, which is a problem for me because you would think that she would feel some level of guilt continuing to be in this relationship with Alfie when she clearly has feelings for somebody else. And it would be different if it were like some casual relationship, which I guess she thought it was. But now that he's expressing that he thinks that there's more there, then I think she deserves or he deserves for her to say, I don't know. I'm like kind of in a weird spot right now. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to somebody because I've got these feelings for somebody else. You know, it's different if it was just sex and they were just kind of she was doing a rebound sort of thing. But Alfie's getting serious here and he has admitted that to her openly and she is still neglecting to tell him where she's at. That's my problem. Okay, that's fair. (sighs) Okay, I feel better having aired my grievances. But I still also feel that like, I think she's thinking of either of those relationships, like having feelings for Gabrielle. Gabriel. What is happening? We've done this whole season with you saying Gabrielle totally fine. I know. I think it's being in front of the TV that I watched (laughs) it that I'm just like, oh God. Flashbacks to Malika. Okay, so Gabrielle. I think that her whole speech to him in the earlier episodes of, you know, why have something, you know, go on when it's, there's, there's got to be an end to it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, I think that's just in her head with both of them. At that point, sure. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, at that point, she's not thinking, why go into all of this shit and unair all of this past bullshit when we're both going our separate ways? And, right. And him leaving me sooner than I leave him. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, she probably thought, like, yes, we're dating, but it's nothing serious. And then when it does become serious... So much fucking happens at the same time that we will get into. We're going to Tarantino this and go backwards. But I just feel like things happen and she seems legit with it. And I just hate that one certain decision she has to make blows the whole fucking thing up. I don't. Are we talking about her decision on whether or not to stay in Paris? Yes. Then I I don't think that blows everything up. I think it does. I think it makes it a lot simpler. I think no, because she sits down with Alfie in a dress that I can actually get on board with. Get on board with. <laughs> the whole fucking look was amazing. And he spills his guts, says what he's got to say, and she comes right out and says, I'm glad to be able to plan something in my life now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, she fucking gets it now. So it's like, at that moment, she was on board until, like, why all of a sudden is that decision? About Gabrielle? Yeah. Well, because she is in love with Gabrielle and has been lying to herself and literally everybody around her, which goes back to my point. If she had just been honest with people and herself about what she was feeling from the get-go, we would literally not be in this mess. Because if she had just had that discussion with, with Gabrielle, he would never have gotten back with Camille. It's just, it's so fucked up. Also, then she shouldn't have been trying to get them back together if that's how she was feeling. This I've said that time. the whole time. No, I know, but we both have. But I'm just saying, like, when it comes down to it, 
she can't fucking be mad. Well, exactly. Exactly. Like we we're supposed to feel that she's a victim right now. No, and I'm she's just not. I'm just so upset with her because everything she's done, she's lied constantly. And it's just it's so exhausting to watch her make the same mistake over and over and over again. And it's constant miscommunication. You know, if she had been honest with Camille about how she felt about Gabrielle, Camille probably wouldn't have tried to get back together with Gabrielle because she would have realized that there was something kind of real there that she would be getting in the middle of. And then we wouldn't have had Gabrielle and Camille get back together at the end. And I have beef with Gabrielle for getting back with me when he obviously still had feelings for Emily too because I think but he I think probably, he also took what she said sure he took her seriously and um, figured they were never getting back together but that doesn't mean you just get back together with the person that you broke up with I don't think that was entirely the reason why he didn't want to be with Camille you know like you like Camille shouldn't be his plan B Camille should be his plan A if he really wants to be with her right so I don't think that relationship makes sense at all. And it was a lazy decision on the part of the writers to have the two of them get back together. Because now we're just replaying everything that happened from season one. Agreed. Like, Agreed. What, like this is just going to be more of the same. I really wish they had just had Gabrielle get involved with the bartender or somebody else. Bring that, in somebody yeah, new. Yeah, something new. To make this more interesting, but now we're literally just going to be doing what we were doing in season one, and I'm bored already. (laughs) I will say, though, the emotion she showed in confessing to him, where I'm sitting there and I'm like, she's going to be behind the door. She's going to be behind the door. Oh, yeah. Because, again, predictable. Yeah. I literally said to him, like, oh, fuck. No, 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 no. She's... And she was, like, yelling. Is this when you cry? Nope. Oh, okay. (laughs) This was just the shock moment where... The shock value where... I was kind of like, okay, I kind of need season three now. I just need that first episode just to clear <laughs> just to everything see where this out of my is going. yeah, just to clear <laughs> my mind, and then I'll be fine. But- kind of like every True Blood episode where they would end on a cliffhanger, but then resolve the cliffhanger in the first five minutes of the next episode. So all you needed to do every was just, fucking show should yeah, do that. Would just watch the next five minutes, and be like, oh, okay, and now I can wait to watch the rest. of Now this. I can go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's three a.m. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those. I felt like, and even the look in his eyes, like he also played it very well. Well, that's how of it, that devastation of like. That's too why it late. was so clear that Camille was there mm-hmm. because you just knew that somebody else had to have slipped in there in the in the time frame. <laughs> so and even like, like uh, when Camille, she takes her ear, her AirPods out, and she's like, "Oh my God, Emily!" She doesn't even show any like guilt. No, like, yeah, like I let me explain. Up. Yeah. <laughs> She just. I know we made a pact, but here I am moving in with Gabrielle, which they hadn't been even living together when they were together before. So that's what, right. And so that's what kind of drives my question to like it being such a cliffhanger only because you saying it's Emily in Paris, we have two more seasons, that's what the show's called. But if the guy that you're in love with decided to get back with his ex, there's no reason for you to stay. The job. She loves her job. She loves her job. Yes, but. (laughs) <laughs> you have to see this person every day. He lives in your building. They now live well, in get your building. another apartment. It's fine. <sighs> I don't know. But can we... Obviously, it's going to trickle back to what we're talking about now. But I would really like to discuss Madeline fucking showing up. The hostile takeover. Yes. <laughs> can I just say, the actress Kate Walsh, obviously Grey's Anatomy, 13 Reasons Why. I don't know what it is, but anything I've watched her in, it's been uncomfortable. 
and this is just adding to the list. The people she plays, the characters she plays, just the overall attitudes. I can't, I cringe. I don't like it. I, I'm uncomfortable. I feel like she's out of place. This whole thing was so uncomfortable for me. I hate it. I hated every minute of it. I know. And the thing is, again, and I think I said this the last time too, I feel like Madeline is just doing her job. Right. But she's not doing the most effective job. And we've come to know and love these people here at Savoir. And so to see them mistreated this way is feels like a personal insult to us. Exactly. And I think that's how I took it in a way, yeah. which is so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's wrong because I feel like we were always on their side. <laughs> yes. Like we were always anti-Emily, but now I feel like Emily is straddling the line between the two. Right. and And it's almost like seeing Madeline makes me appreciate emily more. yes yeah which is scary it's, it, <laughs> it is like terrifying it. emily looks like the fucking savior here yeah. and it's insane because she emily did what madeline can't do and that's adapt and learn mm -hmm. and understand yeah where madeline's just kind of cut and dry it's about the money it's about the you know the clients and i'm done and it was just like unsettling because i understand She's older and she's a boss and she is a part of a huge company and this is only just a subsidiary. A subsidiary. Yeah, that's where I was getting at. Yeah. Um, I, I, sub, I didn't. I didn't. I know. had the sub in my. I was ready for it. I didn't know the word last episode, but this this time they. I think they said it at one point. Yes. They're a subsidiary. So yeah. And so I get all of that, but it's just you're still in France. There's still ways about how things go here. I hate, I just, like you called it, a hostile takeover. I don't, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And anytime she spoke or did something, like, she's in that meeting and, like, slurped her drink. And I'm like, yeah. how fucking rude can you be? And she was drinking Starbucks, which I think was a very pointed product placement. Because I think they were trying to say, Like you know, typical American. Yes. Yeah. They, they always go for their Starbucks. You know, there's plenty of good coffee available in France. And, Probably better in Europe, coffee Yeah, in, in general. So, so, yeah, I think that was meant to be sort of a statement about Americans. Also, I get she's pregnant, but she eats in every fucking scene. And it Her mouth is always insane. full. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it is. It's really, like, I mean, again, she's pregnant and that's fine. I get it. But we thought- Emily was making Americans look bad? Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I, th I do think that she came in with similar energy to Emily in season one. And now Emily has sort of, as you said, adapted. So I think back in the day, in the first days of Emily, this is more of what we saw. But Emily, I think, didn't have the same sense of authority that Madeline no, has. She was timid about things. Yeah. Well, like her position was unclear within the company, within Savoir. So... She never really took on a managerial role in the way that right. Like, I feel Madeline like she was apologetic is. at least. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Like she just, you know, when she was shot down or wrong or whatever, she did make up for it. I mean, it happened a lot, but it was like she didn't really fight a lot of the times. Right. She didn't push back. No, because I guess she didn't feel like she had the authority. Because Madeline is pushing back, and you know when Sylvie 
refers to Savoir as their company, she is like, no, it's our company. Right, it's our company. And and is really flexing that muscle at Sylvie in a very territorial kind of way, right. which, which again, I think whether or not that's appropriate in terms of the business hierarchy, it probably is. But for us to see that is like, you back the fuck off. This is Sylvie's company. <laughs> yeah. You go away. I was so defensive about this entire thing. Yeah, same. And then the whole, okay, when they're talking about, this goes into the second episode at this point, I think. I think we're all just, over the place. Yeah, we're all Don't over worry the place. about it. <laughs> they're sitting at a meeting and Julian comes in and goes, you have to see this. Mm-hmm. Gregory's losing his shit, right? I... As a Housewives fan, found this to be so fucking hilarious. He is freaking out because the designs are off. Everything, like everything, shit. He hates it. Whatever. He goes. We went over this nineteen times, and then flips the table. Now, if anybody is a real Housewives of New Jersey fan, like I am, you know, in season one, Teresa Judice flips a table and goes. You were engaged 19 times and she slams a table and she flips it up and exactly like that. Oh, my God. And I found that hilarious that they use that. I'm so glad you're here for this because I literally would never have known that. Oh, my God. So if you are a fan of Housewives, just know I am too. And that will definitely... Listen, I try to relate it in all aspects of <laughs> my life. It's true, yes. Dawn refers to the housewives often. But also, later on, Emily says to Gregory, you're not a Bravo villain. And oh, I she was, does. Okay, yes, I remember And I was that. like, oh my god, this is coming full circle. Like, it was just one of those <laughs> moments where I was like, oh my god, they, they're, they, they did that it. intentionally. They get yeah. it. Oh, that's so funny because I literally would never have picked up on that if you had not pulled it out. Um, She also said that you don't want this to be another fire festival, which I found very funny given what we're we're talking about now. The emo fire festival. The emo (laughs) that's going to be. I mean, it's inevitable at this point. Well, while we're on the subject of Gregory, I do want to point out how when Emily went to go recruit him as a client in that first episode and she went to the with Julian to the the strip club, Mm -hmm. why was she suddenly so okay with nudity and just that atmosphere in general when she has been so prudish and just so uncomfortable in every sexual situation that we've seen her in ever. Right. That yeah, she was very like off brand to me. Very, but I wonder if it's because she was with Julian. I feel like that was his scene. So maybe she just felt more comfortable in general, maybe. I don't know. Just every everything we've ever seen her deal with, even at like the art exhibits where there was nudity and sexual innuendo and stuff, she's just always been so intensely uncomfortable. So for her to be in a strip club, basically, and totally fine, like giving tips to the guy whose ass was in her face the whole time, it's just so incongruous to me. But <sighs> it bought. Uh- Regardless, this whole thing just fucking annoys the shit out of me. I thought the fashion show was fucking lit. Oh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I don't really get high fashion. I No, I didn't understand it, but I thought the presentation, I thought the breakdown into a dance was fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, what I got from it, so he was selling shapewear, so which is why they were wearing those empty, like... Right, like skirt, corset skirt things. kind of things. So that was interesting. I just don't understand why there's ever a market for high fashion shapewear because it's meant to 
be sweating. To, yeah, to not be seen. And and that's what he said. He was like, this is meant to be seen, but also you would wear this under clothes. So you probably wouldn't wear that outfit out on the Right. Streets. I did appreciate the different size models, though. That's true. It was very inclusive. It was nice to see that because obviously it's very hard to see that these days. And not just hard, just not the whole inclusiveness of it. It's either they're separate or... Right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's either like a plus size show or... Right, exactly. So I really liked seeing that. But I just thought the presentation was great. And I loved that Pierre participated even... (laughs) That confused the shit out of me. Which part? What about it? That he participated. Mm -hmm. They seemed to be okay with each other. Yeah. And then he quits. He, He fires them. Well, I mean, I wonder if when Sylvie talked to him, if she told him what was going to happen, that she was planning to leave and that he could be part of this sort of dramatic exit with her. I also like that it was a fucking kick in the face to Madeline. Oh, it was so That made me feel so good because at the same time, it made Emily look right, too, because Emily knew this isn't a good idea, but had to go with her boss. And that was another. Oh, that pissed me off, too, when they're like walking. This might have been the first episode. Actually, yeah, it was the first episode. They're walking and she goes, I'm your boss. She's not your boss. Right. And I felt insulted by that. Because I'm like, well, she clearly has to report to Sylvie. So she's a boss in some aspect. Yeah. Like, it's their clients. It's, you know, Madeline is just so fucking dense and closed off it bothers me so much yeah well i and i said this last time too i think that somebody in her position should have more finesse when they're coming in to acquire another company i feel like she did prior when she thought she was the one going there i have no we don't know (laughs) why why, why would you think that no but going (laughs) back to the first episode of the first season yeah when she finds out she's pregnant Prior to that, she had, I want to say, the gusto to want to go there. Like, she wanted to learn French. She was learning French. She well, was, no, like, she, she knew French. Her degree was in French. And so that's why she was so excited to go to France. And that would have given her a leg up, potentially. Except she, if she was going to come in and steamroll everybody, that wasn't going to get her very far. <laughs> it's just, her approach is so baffling to me and she's rude she's so fucking rude and i know i've been cursing a lot this episode but she really there's a lot to be angry about she really angers me yeah like they're at laboratoire the laboratory uh oh yeah yeah that little pop-up thing which i think is phenomenal also side note camille seemed to be extremely what was that what was that by Emily Scent. Yes. She spent a long time sniffing her wrist. Not even sniffing her wrist. Real... She like, gra- yeah, she, she like groped her yes. fucking arm. <laughs> what was that? I wrote that down too because I was like, what is happening? Groped her arm. <laughs> Alfie's looking. Yeah. Gabrielle's looking. They're and like... we never get anything on it. Like they just don't address it again. And, she, and Emily doesn't even seem perturbed by it. So that was weird too yeah strange strange moment very strange so we're at this and i think that's such a cool idea getting to like make your own fragrance that's Mm -hmm. great you know at this point i believe no no yeah right not yet but she wants to um madeline wants to confront sylvie sylvie and luckily antoine and his wife show up and they all start talking and of course, Madeline, with no regard for any French custom whatsoever, starts talking business. And the wife's like, oh, we don't talk business at events. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, this is a work event. 
Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, well, you know, Antoine gives her the okay. And she's basically like, listen, you've been a client for a very long time and you're paying way less than you should Mm -hmm. be paying. Like you should, you know, we do so much for you and you should be paying so much more. And that's when he kind of shoots it down. Yeah. Then he's like, oh, book a meeting with my secretary. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll, we'll figure this out later. And then that's when his wife blows everything up. Right. And says what we, I want to say we assumed already, but she admits she knows about the affair with Sylvie. And that's why they have this discounted rate because mm-hmm. it was a way to keep everything hush hush. And then blows up Sylvie's spot again and says, you may want to find out how much she's charging that photographer she's fucking. Right. A little not as vulgar, but whatever. And I was like, oh, no. And that's when I wrote disaster (laughs) in caps at the end of that episode because I was just like, really? Like, no, this isn't good. I also didn't like how... Madeline admitted that she threw up at the scent of... Oh, yeah, right. I didn't think that was a good way to ingratiate yourself to a client. (laughs) Like, Like, that's a client! Yeah, sure, it was because you were pregnant, not because you found the smell revolting, but, like, at the same time, it also did make you vomit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought that was not necessarily the best way to go about that. But this is where, again, I feel a bit of a conflict because Madeline is sort of right... To be concerned yes. that this major client is is underpaying for their services and that it's because there's this illicit relationship between him and the owner of the company. She's also right to be concerned potentially that this photographer is getting paid at a higher rate than somebody of his general ability might be if he wasn't fucking Sylvie. So I get conflicted here because I'm like, she is right to be concerned about this company that her company owns and it's mismanagement. But at the same time, Emily makes good points when Madeline goes to her. She said, shouldn't you talk to Sylvie? I do agree that Sylvie would stonewall Madeline about it and would not talk to her. But I am interested to hear if there's more to the story or not because... Right. It was You you talk to a scorned wife. Yes. You need the other side. Right. You shouldn't just take her word for it. And and Madeline does then send Emily in to kind of do reconnaissance and and pull records and stuff to verify these claims. But again, she's going about this all wrong. It's very aggressive. And if she had come in a little bit more deferent to, to Sylvie, maybe she could have sat down with Sylvie and been like, so I talked to Antoine's wife. She kind of told me some stuff. And I just want to like see where this is at and, and, and kind of get a read on Sylvie for herself and not through Antoine's scorned wife. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated situation. But I still want to defend Sylvie. (laughs) Oh, I'm always going to defend (laughs) Sylvie. It's so hard because, again, like, if she is giving Antoine a discounted rate just because they're sleeping together, I don't love that as a business decision. But I also don't like the way Madeline is going at this. So, right, like, even though her tactics of business and, you know, sleeping with a client is not great... I think the way she conducts business in general 
Right. Is good. It's good. Like she She's good with client relations because she knew that Pierre was not going to be cool with taking on Gregory as a client. She knew that. And she said, this is a bad idea. Madeline wouldn't listen. Maybe this is a way of managing Antoine that like, yeah, they're not getting as much money from him as they could, but he's also a major client and, and gives them a lot of business. So maybe it's worth it to her to underpay him, but just keep him on as a client because mm-hmm. she knows that if she tries to raise his rates, he's going to be like, yeah, especially since that relationship is over and there's really no benefit to him other than the reduced rate. Mm-hmm. Right, they're not fucking each other anymore. No. And I mean, that was made clear in the last episodes where he was being a dick about it. I meant to mention when we were talking about the fashion show, I wonder how much it costs to film at Versailles. Did you ever see or hear about the Queen of Versailles? The It was a documentary about this woman who literally rebuilt Versailles for herself. No. Because <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they did that and then like they filmed at that Versailles. Oh, <laughs> to save some money. But uh, but this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm looking really quickly. They did shoot at Versailles. Colin said she couldn't believe she got to film in the Grand Borough Style Gallery. When I found out we were shooting at Versailles, my response was, oh, great. So now, so next season, we're going to the moon. But no, truly. <laughs> what? <laughs> but no, truly to me, there's nothing more opulent and grand and special and wow than Versailles, she explains. So yeah, I guess they really filmed there. Well, I mean, Versailles is nice. I don't know. Maybe when I went, it was May. And so the flowers, the gardens weren't really in bloom yet. So, I don't know, maybe it's more impressive when the gardens are in bloom, but... And they only filmed in one. The Hall of Mirrors is definitely one of the more iconic places within Versailles. And it's it's one of the more striking, too. But, I don't know, I, uh... It, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I think it would have been more majestic back when royalty actually lived there. Mm-hmm. And it... They hosted these huge, magnificent parties. You know, now you literally, it's just basically a museum. You walk through all the rooms. You see where the royalty slept. You see all the different places. But it's not a functional castle. So it's kind of, I don't know. So I think at that point, too, it is still kind of, like you said, like it's majestic in a way where still getting to film there and do a fashion show there is still a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think booking a fashion show there is kind of crazy. And filming there, I would think, might be a little expensive. It's. I feel like it would be akin – well, maybe not because people do live in the White House, but it would be sort of similar to filming in the White House, something like, you know, a national landmark. Right. So let's talk a little bit about Sylvie's decision to resign and open her own marketing agency. Again, I saw this decision coming when she contacted her husband, her husband, Laurent, and and asked him to visit. I kind of had the feeling that she wanted to come to some sort of financial arrangement. And it does seem like she sold whatever ownership she has in his club or restaurant or whatever that place was. And as soon as that happened, I knew exactly where it was going. I thought that their dynamic was very interesting. I'm just so fascinated by Sylvie at all I am too. And I loved, I mean, she had just, and that was the best part. You see the scene, she calls Laurent and she's like, you know, how fast can you get to Paris? 
the next scene you see she's in bed with eric and Mm -hmm. you're like oh he was on a job or something and he came to like make her feel better and she gets up to go downstairs or whatever and he is in a towel the door someone's at the door and it's laurent and i loved laurent's reaction because Mm -hmm. you knew eric was freaking the fuck out right and he was just like no we're still married like but knew the deal. Like, I yes. loved how just nonchalant it was. And then even exactly. when Sylvie walks in and she's like, yeah, we're married. It's like, oh, yeah, this is my husband. This is fine. We're like, separated. This is, yeah. It's cool. Everything's fine. Yeah, I totally agree. Because that. Like, I want that. I want to be Sylvie. Yes. I wrote in my notes. I was like, where can I get myself a Laurent and an Eric? Because I want both of them. Both. <laughs> I want the financial help of Laurent and I want the sex of Eric. Exactly. Like, where do you find men like this who are just totally cool? We have to move to France. Ah, uh, France. I want to go to France. So I, gotta, I gotta learn French. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was very satisfying to, I think, see all those relationships just kind of coexist with each other. And it didn't have to be a big thing. Thing. It could have exploded mm-hmm. into something really crazy, but it didn't because everybody understood. Everything was on the table. Like there was no hidden agenda. It was just like, this is what we do. This is how we live. He's there. I'm here. It did seem like Laurent wanted more. A from reconciliation Sylvie. of some yes, sort. Because he, he got very emotional over the signing of the, the ownership papers. He said, Something. Oh, the divorce papers next. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Oh, is it going to be divorce papers next?" And so he said, "This is enough paperwork for today." But it, there's definitely there was love there, and I will. I really want to know what their story was because yeah. obviously they weren't always this way. So I would love to know how they got together and, and he why even they said split. that she was a big part of him opening that right club or restaurant or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm just so interested in that relationship and what they said. You know, towards the end, it was like, you know, I care about you. And he says, no matter who, no matter what. And I really, really liked that. I thought that was very sweet. And especially since they're in this sort of separated state, I think it means a lot more when you say that to somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what you do, who you do, or how you do it. You know, I'm still going to be here for you. Right. And that's a really nice relationship to have with another person. So it was very nice. And Sylvie got emotional. She got yeah. teary-eyed. Is that when you cried? Nope. Damn it. Although <laughs> you reiterating it is making me want to cry. <laughs> but but no, that's not the part. You're going to get discussed it already. No, okay. You're going to get to it though. Am I? Uh-huh. Oh. Well, now I feel a lot of pressure about where I'm going next. So when when Sylvie announces that she's leaving to when when Madeline says you're fired and she's like, well, fuck you, I'm going to. Oh, no, she didn't say you're fired. She said we're going to have a review. Like, right. Basically, and an hands her like a fucking billfold of paperwork. Like, yeah. And Sylvie's like, I will save you some time. I'm fucking out of here. And Emily is shocked because she was not in on this plan. But Julian and Luke are on board. They're going with Sylvie and they this reminded me a little bit of Devil Wears Prada. Because I said the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> when when Miranda was threatened with being replaced, she said, I have a list of all these people who are going to come with me if you ever fire me from this magazine. And so they don't. But I mean, I do think Sylvie has built client relations and she's ready to go. Right. She'd be fine. To strike out on her own. And Emily would be an idiot to not go with them because... 
they do contact Emily, invite her to lunch, and she goes and they offer her a job with them. Is this when you cried? Aww. <laughs> because it was them basically, well, Sylvie mostly. <laughs> I'm gonna cry now. Oh my god! This is I don't so know. It emotional. was just it was oh, just Sylvie this. admitting, you know, like personal. You're great. You're great at your job, and them all just complimenting her in a way that she never gets to hear. It felt like yes, it was a validation. It was a validation, and it was something that like it again reminded me of Devil Wears Prada, yeah. where when she goes and interviews for that, yes, job, I guess that. Yep, and and you'd be an idiot to not yeah, hire her, right? Yeah, and it was just she was the like, biggest disappointment, but you would be an idiot not to hire her, exactly. Yeah. And I, it was one of those things that it's it's one of those validations that I think we all try to find, mm-hmm. and. I think that's why I cried. I cried because it was as much as this girl has fucked up. She does have a good heart and she she knows she's trying. She's trying and she's done as much as she's fucked up. She's also done amazing things like in that instance, Mm -hmm. she got Gregory. Right. And she put on an amazing production and it was like. That's what they want. And it was, but again, I think it was more so just seeing Sylvie acknowledge her like that. Yeah. It's, I looked at myself and I'm like, when it comes to work and it's when you're acknowledged by somebody that you don't speak to that often or that, you know, doesn't really acknowledge you on a normal basis. And then they do. It's like, holy shit, your world explodes. So I think that's why I got a little emotional about it because it was a very, very nice moment. I can see that. I can definitely see that because I I agree. And especially because you would think that Emily would gravitate back towards what she knows to Madeline. She even said said to Sylvia, I thought you hated me. And she goes, yeah, this is business. Right. Yes. Yeah, this is business. This isn't personal, which I love because it was very on brand for Sylvie to say something like that, where it's like, I don't like you. But I do respect the work that you do. And then I also appreciated when Luke was like, you're amazing at what you do. And then Julian was like, she's okay. Let's calm down. Because that was me. Right. And then they (laughs) had like the smirk to each other. And I just, I just loved that they loved her so much. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. They they And at that point, if you don't fucking stay, you're dumb. Well, that's, and that's what I mean. That's why when, when you were saying that her decision is so conflicted now, I'm like, I don't understand why you wouldn't stay. Because to me, it's not even about Gabrielle. Like, this is not about Gabrielle It's not, but she made anymore. it about, but she did make know, it about she's him. a fucking idiot. But like, this is why you came. You came for this job. You're, you're learning, you're growing, you're doing so much. Now you have an opportunity to strike out on your own, make yourself a career in a foreign country where, and let's be honest, she's not homesick. She's not like mm-hmm. constantly on the phone with her parents saying like, I want to come home. She's I nothing. I don't think we've heard from anybody back She home. has nothing to go back for. Why not stay? You know, so what? You don't get the guy that you wanted? What the fuck ever? You have this amazing career that you're building for yourself. Right. And that's what pissed me off when she Huge. talked to Mindy. Oh, and immediately was like, okay, well, if I s- that pissed me off so much. That- it's not about that now. Yeah, it really shouldn't have been a question. Although I have to say, I do wish she had asked, and maybe she did, and we didn't get to see it, but she should have asked more questions at that lunch. 
like salary, title, role, like, you know, the kinds of things that they're offering her because it's possible that she may not get paid as much working for Sylvie as she would for Madeline. Well, clearly she's affording what she's doing right fucking now. True. And actually, I do want to mention this because I was thinking about what we were discussing in the last episode where Mindy was like, I'm not paying any rent. And Emily's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. But I thought that her housing was covered by the parent company for Savoir. Like, I thought that they paid for her lodging while she was there. In which case, you know, she would have to find a new place to live, which might be convenient since she doesn't want to live upstairs from Gabrielle and Camille anymore. (laughs) But that's that was my understanding of the situation. And maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that they kind of secured the accommodations for her. Yeah, that's possible. So again, now you're considering like, okay, well, now I have to pay rent. And what's my salary going to be? Because now I have to afford to live in the city, which is probably not that affordable. So, you know, Hmm. logistical questions. Yeah. But again, nothing that has to do with the men that she might be able to date while she's there. (laughs) Unless she needs like a a sugar daddy or a part time job. (laughs) Oh. And ends up like being a waitress at Gabrielle's restaurant. Oh, God. I mean, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> Listen, that's how this show goes. You know I would what? not be surprised. You know what? You're probably right. Because that, yeah, that would be what they would do to generate more drama. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Now that we've kind of mentioned Mindy, we should probably touch briefly upon Mindy and Benoit and yeah, that whole this, this fucking whole... bullshit. I was mad about this. So was I. I was real mad. I was mad for a lot of reasons. I was mad that... He was so obnoxious to her. Him and Etienne were both really Etienne obnoxious. Etienne was worse. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But Benoit has feelings for her, likes her as a person and as a potential partner, and should have been more open to listening to her explanation. Neither of them let her explain. No. They they didn't even try. And I think I wrote in my notes, like, again, her family is rich. She's not rich. Like, you right. can tell she's separating herself from that situation. And they know that she lives with Emily. Like, she's not living in a secret penthouse somewhere. She's not living a lavish lifestyle. Yeah, and you would think that that might, you know, if you found out that her family was rich, but you know she's living in squalor, that you might say, oh, Oh, maybe something something kind of crazy going on here. Maybe I should listen and find out what's going on. It's, uh, it, it really pissed me off that there was, that there was no and and it's funny because I get on Emily's case all the time for lying, but I do think that it was okay for Mindy to withhold this information from Benoit initially because it was personal. It had to do with her and her past and her upbringing, and it didn't necessarily have to have any impact on their relationship. Right. And so the fact that he found out the way he did, I honestly don't really blame Mindy for the way that it all came out. I do blame Benoit for the way he reacted to it because I honestly don't think it should have gone that way. And then now I'm like freshly angry because she felt like she had to go back to him and make amends for something that she really shouldn't have to apologize for so much. Yeah. And I, I don't know why she had to go crawling back to him. Get your fucking work visa in order and go back to working at the drag club. That was working out for you, too. Although that song was amazing. I really enjoyed the song. I enjoyed it. I was just mad. I was just mad that she had gone back I to know, him after he treated I know. her that way. I don't know. I think I'm just too fast to burn bridges. <laughs> you know what? I agree with you, but also I feel like in anything else we've watched for the podcast or not he could have been way worse at how he reacted i think he was like on a scale of one to ten i think he was like a four really 
on how he reacted. Like, he didn't blow up at her. He didn't scream at her. He didn't, you know, he was just kind of like, who are, why did you keep it? You know, like, he was disappointed more than he was angry and furious and like, you know, and again, Etienne was the fucking idiot. Like, he pissed me off. The whole- Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to work with people like that again. You know, like, if you want to make an argument for Benoit, I don't necessarily agree with it. I do think that I would put him at, like, a seven on that scale because I think he was kind of vicious in the way that he talked to her about it. You know, it's one thing to be disappointed. So, like, I wish you had told me, but that's not all he said. He he accused her of being a princess, basically, and, like, oh, you just are pretending to be penniless so that we can have this shared, you know, experience. Again, that's him not knowing anything. Right. Well, didn't yes, say anything. so then fucking stop for a second and say, hey, can we talk about this? I don't know what's going on here. And then she could explain herself, but he doesn't give her that opportunity. He just gets really mad about it. Well, the whole thing was literally blown up within seconds like nobody really had any chance to discuss anything because these tabloids just fucking went nuts regardless i mean where wherever you want to place blame i wouldn't want to work with etienne again no and i would not personally i would not want to work with benoit again so i don't it frustrated me that she felt like she had to go back to these two idiots when she could have probably gone i just think it's more of a passion thing I think. Well, obviously, she loves him. So not even that. I just think, (laughs) talent-wise, and I think she just flourishes in that capacity. You know, what in the street performance? Yeah, I think it's a more free. You know, like at the drag club. Like at that point, granted, she doesn't have her papers, so she had to be the you know Madame PP. Madame PP. (laughs) But I just think when you're with a company or a place or an establishment like there's there's set rules sure you don't have as much freedom right so i think with for them like they have the artistic freedom all three of them you know so like her voice it it just i think it's more her vibe so that's why she was so inclined to go back yeah i i don't know i like i don't disagree with you i think that it's probably um appealing to her to have more artistic freedom with a street performance group, but it, just given the hostile environment she was working in and just with these people who she can't really trust, I, I don't know. I think it would have made more sense to me to have her go back to the club and then work on finding something else. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was her only option. Right. And and it's just annoying in, in the same breath that we're seeing Emily base her decision to stay in Paris on whether or not she can be with Gabrielle or handle being around Gabrielle if he's with Camille. Now we're watching Mindy make her decisions based on the fact that she wants to be with Benoit and it's like... Ugh. It's a lot. You guys... Uh... You can just make decisions for your career. You don't have to consult with the men in your life. Uh, that's the lesson for all you young ladies out there listening to our podcast. <laughs> Brief mention of some fashion faux pas. Ah, yes. Yes. The yellow poncho. Do you remember this? She was having lunch with Madeline, I believe, and it was this yellow jacket that was kind of see-through. I thought it looked like a raincoat, but it wasn't raining. It was Oh, I didn't gross. I didn't, I didn't like what she wore to the soccer game. Who wears that to a soccer game? Mixed mixed dis- media. Mixed medium <laughs> and all. Like it was just give it she was sitting next to freaking Camille who was dressed 
normally for a soccer game. And she's, <laughs> right, like a human being. <laughs> it was very, I hated that. Yeah. There's also, there was one point where Mindy was wearing like an entire pink like, oh! shirt and she had the gloves too. They were like, elbow. it was houndstooth. It was, oh, houndstooth. Thank you. Was it pink and purple yes. houndstooth? It was, yeah, I think it was either pink and purple, pink and black, but like it was a lot of pink. It and, was. And it was the gloves that did it for me because I was like, that's way too much. Way that too much. That was an Emily outfit. It was not a yeah. Mindy outfit. Yep. There was one scene, Sylvie had some really awesome pink shoes. They were pink heels. Yes. And then she had the green. No, it was like um, silverish pants, a green top, yes. and then the silver blazer. They were kind of like a snakeskin. Yes. Sort of, yes. I think she was wearing the pink shoes with that outfit. That was, so, yes, yeah. that was great. Um, Love it. I hated Madeline's initial outfit of the leopard with the big necklace and the, no. Well, I don't and like the red Madeline. boots. <laughs> Well, We're yeah, just we just not going to talk about her. No, but like her <laughs> overall, her like style everywhere, but everything did, about her. I did like what she wore to the fashion show, though. I liked that jacket she had mm-hmm. on. It was like navy blue with embroidery towards the bottom. It was more discreet. I mm-hmm. liked it. I liked it at that point. I also noticed Emily was wearing those hideous like gloves again. I don't know if they were the same color, that gross neon green, or if they were, I think they were like yellowish, but I don't know why, I don't know why she has to wear gloves. Yeah, I don't get that either. It's hot. It was 100 degrees a couple episodes ago. Why do you need to be wearing gloves for a fashion statement? It's just not. But again, we can agree that Emily's dress at the fashion show, the red, beautiful tool. It looked like tool, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Loved it. Loved it. For sure. Makeup, hair, everything. Everything was on point. On point. Everything was on point for that. Totally agree. I really loved that dress. I was very excited about it. (laughs) yeah no i did like that a lot i'm ready to wrap up do you have anything else i don't i think we (laughs) i think we really got into the nitty-gritty of this entire season i'm trying to reflect on the season as a whole but it's hard because i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah we watched it so fast (laughs) and so yeah i think i enjoyed watching it at a faster clip this time around It's definitely a show you want to binge because you can overlook more of the flaws when you watch it quickly. Absolutely. Because then you're on to the next thing and you can find something that you enjoy about it. But I also think one of the things that really saved the season was getting more of Sylvie. More backstory on Sylvie, more context for Sylvie. She's just the greatest character in the show and she i is. just her and luke are my favorite she's saving it she's the strong female character that we all need and oh god i actually thought about this last night i was discussing ted lasso with some people okay i love ted lasso and it's a great show it's a lot better than this but i will admit that they're both trying to do the same thing of sort of portraying an older woman in and I, I hate to say older woman because neither of them are that old, but like in their 50s, mm-hmm. a woman in power who is sort of off kilter when it comes to romantic relationships or trying to validate themselves in a feminine way, but also remain in a power position. Mm-hmm. And Emily and Paris is doing this better. Oh, I hate hate saying that because Ted Lasso is such an amazing show in so many ways, but the way that they're treating 
the character of Rebecca, you don't know, you've not watched Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. but the way they're treating Rebecca in the second season, they turn her into a bit of a floozy. And I think if they want to see how to both humanize, sexualize, and empower a female character, they really need to look at Sylvie because they're this show is doing it correctly and making that pursuit of romance and love and relationships with younger people, with their their exes, they're doing it so much more productively and it feels so much better and more genuine in this scenario than it did in Ted Lasso. So oh. I, this uh, comparison only occurred to me this morning when I was like brushing my teeth. I was like, oh my God. I should have mentioned this last night when I was having this discussion about Ted Lasso, but Sylvie and Rebecca are very similar characters, but there I have so much more respect for Sylvie and the way that they're building her story than I do for what they're doing with Rebecca in season two of Ted Lasso. So hopefully they correct it going forward. But So if anybody watches Ted Lasso, I mean, we have plenty of outlets now. Yes. Let's talk about us. our outlets. <laughs> So many outlets. We are now on Twitter, which is very exciting. What's our handle, Don? I hate H8, the number. It Let's Watch on Twitter. We can't fit the it. We can't it's fit the It's very tragic. It. We haven't gotten but over it But on yet. Instagram, <laughs> we can fit the it. So it's the same exact thing as Twitter with it. Also, our email. Website. Our website is uh, linked in our bio on Twitter and Instagram. You know, if you like what we're doing here... You got to subscribe. Subscribe and review if you want to definitely give us a five star rating. We'll take a five star rating. We'll take, I mean, listen, we'll take we'll, a four star we'll rating. We'll settle for a four. <laughs> but, you know, if you like us, let us know. Yeah, we want we want the constructive criticism. Yeah. You have recommendations. You have anything that you want us to watch or go over. If you have opinions of what we've talked about. Yeah, if you want to hear more about any particular anything. facet. Yeah, give us, give us your comments because I would love to even one day be able to read them and go over them and discuss them. Yeah, we can acknowledge you by name. You'll be famous podcast famous <laughs> which is the best kind of famous i mean we we need to get podcast famous first and then you can get podcast well, famous let's just let people believe we're already podcast famous. Uh, but um definitely uh reach out to us pretty much everywhere except facebook because i hate facebook yeah no we're we're done with facebook facebook is a thing of the past uh too oh. much drama. Although I am on Facebook and not on Twitter. So. Oh, look, party foul. I just couldn't. I don't know. I just don't understand Twitter. I well, don't get it. <laughs> that's why I am in charge. Don's of Don's in charge of the Twitter. So if you want to tell I'm in Don, charge of if all you the tell social Don media, anything you don't want to tell me, tweet it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we can have our own Keep little secret. Hashtag secrets from Lisa and tweet at Don. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me, but all of our handles for all of our social media will be in our show notes going forward. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. Yes, because... my job. My one job. I have... Well, we, I would say we, but I technically have the best editor and producer here. (laughs) Oh, shucks. (laughs) Because um, while I can handle the internet and social media of it all... (laughs) Lisa is the one that definitely handles all of our editing and things that I probably could not comprehend 
in a short period of time or it's super probably fun. over time. I have a good time doing it. As do I with our website and everything else. This is why we're a perfect match, Dawn. See? That's what, that's what we got to do. Yep. So, again, check us out everywhere except Facebook. Yep. And <laughs> next, next time, time you're going to hear us discuss a movie that I am very fond of. It stars David Boreanaz, in case you didn't know. <laughs> it stars David Boreanaz, Denise Richards, Other Marley people. Shelton. There's tons of people. I'm obsessed with this movie. I was obsessed with it in high school. It's and festive, which is why we're doing it's it. It's festive. The name of it is Valentine. It is technically a horror movie. Lisa's not going to be happy with me. Mm-mm. But... I'll tell you right now, we're going to have shit to talk about because it's been, oh, I don't know, 20 some odd years since I've first seen this movie and I've wanted to dissect it in a way that we only can. So I'm very glad that I brought it to Lisa's attention and that we're going to cover it. And then, of course, we will finally get to Killer Sofa. Killer Sofa! I can't wait. Which I hope with the anticipation gives us what we want. Yeah. Because we really put this I don't want to be bummed out. <laughs> we put it off. Um, I've also been doing my research to find more movies. But again, if you have suggestions for us, absolutely. Reach TV out anywhere. to whatever you got. You're um, taking suggestions. And we need them because I think we're running out of... Um, we are not. I saw the list that oh, you yeah, made. Yeah, I made a decent it's list. It's huge. So we're good. <laughs> we're good, we're for, good a for a while. But also, like, what you want, we would like to be able to accommodate. So Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we had a great time doing Emily in Paris, I think. We did. And clearly we will be back. Yeah, seasons season. three and four. Yeah. Can't wait. I can. I can't wait. It's a, it'll be a good I time. I don't know. I'm a little a little eager. <laughs> I'm an eager beaver. Okay. Well, I hope they're uh, working on filming so that we can get on it <laughs> ASAP. But, you know, we just got to wait. Just got to wait it out. Yeah. And as the French say, à la prochaine.